This morning, the mayor tweeted out that he unveiled the new plaque commemorating the 100th anniversary of the Prince Edward Viaduct. Where the heck is that? Well, here to talk about it is Bruce Bell, local historian and tour guide. You've probably heard him on the morning show with Stafford and Sapria. Welcome back. Good to have you along. Oh, good afternoon, Kelly. Very nice to, to talk to you. Okay, the Prince Edward Viaduct, where uh-huh. is that? Better known as what? <laughs> That's the Bloor Viaduct. That's the bridge that crosses uh, the Don Valley, you know, making Bloor Street and turning it into the Danforth. And that uh, celebrated its centennial today. Uh, why was this bridge so significant for Toronto? You know, there wasn't a, a main bridge crossing the, the Don Valley. I mean, to get across, you would go across Queen Street. And then to get up to where the Danforth is today, you had to go across that bridge and then wind your way up a trail, which is now Broadview Avenue. And most of what we consider Greek town on the Danforth back in the 19th, you know, early 19th century was uh, farmland. That was all farmland. And they realized that if the city has to grow, they've got to build this great bridge to connect, uh, you know, the east side to the west side across the uh, Don Valley. And this bridge, what was so significant uh, beyond being able to, you know, uh, bridge that gap over the Don Valley and mm-hmm. bring the east and the west to meet, or mm-hmm. at least the uh, east into the city and develop that east, is the fact that there were a lot of forward thinkers behind this bridge. Mm-hmm. What was so significant at the time about this bridge? Well, the, the, you know, the great legend, the one that everyone knows, is at the time when they were building this bridge, they put the subway tracks underneath, even though the subway wouldn't come into being until 1967, that they had the foresight to say, we believe in this city, that Toronto was going to grow because of this bridge. And, event, and they were talking about building a subway in Toronto, you know, as far back as, in, you know, 1890. And eventually, you know, 50 years later, we did get the subway. And the tracks were already there, saving them millions and millions of dollars. I mean, you're a historian. Was the uh, city's works commissioner, R.C. Harris, was he poo-pooed when he demanded that uh, that lower oh, level of the bridge? Sure. Oh, no, he was, absolutely, which is so, again, ironic. They, uh, that The idea that we didn't even have a subway, and here he is talking about, oh, let's put the subway tracks in, even though we didn't have one. So... Uh, you know, it was rejected a, a few times. It took a few years for the, you know, for them, City Hall, to pass the idea of building this bridge. And the timing was absolutely perfect. Uh, Toronto in the 1920s was booming. It's the city that we know today was really constructed in the 1920s. That's when they widened Yonge Street. That's when, of course, the creation of the Danforth, the widening of Bloor Street, uh, the first skyscrapers were being built in the city. We were no longer a city of church spires. We now were a city of skyscrapers. All that happened in the 1920s. And this bridge, this great Don Valley uh, span now was the real symbol of, of, of this movement of pushing Toronto, you know, into the future. Is it still called the Prince Edward Viaduct? Yeah, but I mean, you know, officially, I'm, I've never heard them not. I right. mean, when the bridge opened, it was opened in sections, too. If you ever drive along, mm. it's, it's two bridges that are put together. There's the Rosedale Valley Bridge, that opened first, and then the Don Valley Bridge, which connects to it. Um, that opened, you know, in 1918, 100 years ago, and then uh, 
August of 1919, the Prince of Wales came. Uh, Prince Edward, who was what we, you know, Prince Charles is today, the Prince of Wales. Mm-hmm. So the Prince Edward comes and uh, he does the official opening, uh, you know, cutting the ribbon and drove across it. And then a few weeks after that, they said at City Hall, well, let's name it after him. How long um, after coming to Canada did he leave his position, abdicate the throne to be oh, right. I mean, with 19... Wallace Simpson? Did he, Any yeah, correlation I mean, there? Sure. I mean, he was the uncrowned uh, king. You know, he came to Toronto yeah. twice. And in 1926, he was already uh, dating uh, Wallace Simpson or or starting to get to know her when he was here in Toronto. And uh, he was a beloved figure. People adored this man. He was as adored as, you know, Princess Diana was to our generation. And uh, it was really sad when he had to give up the throne. But they didn't change the name of the bridge or Mm -hmm. the Prince of Gates, which are also named for him and his brother. Okay, I didn't realize the Prince's Gates were actually named after him. Good to know. Let's talk That's about the um, the legacy, the fatal legacy of that bridge. A lot of fatalities. Oh, yes. I think there was 22 suicides a year wow. off that bridge. And uh, it was notorious. The way the bridge was built, uh, you know, the architects didn't want to uh, destruct the view of the Don Valley. That's why it's very low. Mm-hmm. That when you drive across, you can see the gorgeousness of the valley. But, of course, that made it very easy for people to unfortunately jump off so you know they they put the barrier up which you know fits in it's quite nice yeah well the obviously does its job which is good took them long enough though because i mean city council approved the construction of the barrier and to prevent suicides in 1990 it wasn't Mm -hmm. until about you Mm -hmm. know 2003 that they were up and running i know and it's it's sad to think of the lives that were lost you know on any bridge of course you know it's it's something that you have to, you know, consider now when you do build something that's very high, whether it be a bridge or a building, you have to, you know, take into account, which they never would before. They never would even think of that before. Bruce, so the uh, Bloor Street Viaduct turned uh, 100 this year, and it's, mm-hmm. uh, is there another, uh, are there any other significant anniversaries for any other buildings that you can think of this year that we should, you know, keep on the radar? Or? Course, I know I'm... I mean, I mean, this year, of course, was the end of the Great War, and we're coming into uh, the 100th anniversary of, uh, in 10 years, it's going to be the Royal York Hotel. It's going to be Union Station. They all will be turning 100. After the Great War, that's when we embarked on this massive building boom. So it's going to be very exciting in the next 10 years uh, that a lot of buildings are going to start to be turning 100. You know, the Prince of Gates is another one, 1928, that opened. So... In a few years, we're going to be seeing a lot of centennials. Do you think we're doing a good job of marrying the new and the old? I mean, we don't have much old left in the city because of that major fire that we had in the city of Toronto. Um, but are we doing a good job here? We're doing better than we than we had uh, 20 years ago. We're doing better than we did in the 1960s when we tore down 25,000 historic structures in downtown Toronto. I mean, they just was a massacre of buildings. Now... You can see what they're doing. They're taking their time, you know, at least preserving facades of the buildings. You know, a lot of the buildings on the inside, these old buildings aren't there anymore. They were gutted years ago. So to say the facade, I'm, I'm, I'm very much for that. I mean, it would keep the streetscape which is good. So we're doing better now than I think we ever have in our, in our history. Bruce, I want to thank you for your time today. Really oh, interesting real stuff. 
Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right. Have a great day. Well, Hopefully we'll talk to Bruce again soon. Local historian and tour guide knows everything about the city of Toronto. And I think it's really interesting because so many of us, you know, have crossed the Bloor Street Viaduct before. And we had no, I, I didn't have any idea. I'm sure the average individual would not know that that was the Prince Edward Viaduct that you were crossing over. Piece I can't of history. believe it's that old. A hundred years? Yeah. yeah. And it still looks fantastic. Yeah. I love the vision that they had to build that subway tunnel underneath. It was, anytime I look at it, I sort of look at it with a bit of an eye to the tragedy that we don't do great things like that anymore. Oh, yeah. The uh, foresight for the mm-hmm. city died a hundred years ago. <laughs> the, <laughs> the last time we had foresight. Um, but you know what I find fascinating? It's it's when you drive the su- ride the subway mm-hmm. yeah, under the bridge. So cool. I love I that looking out and just watching all the... You know, parts of the bridge whiz by the doors, and it's just, it's fascinating. Every once in a while, you'll stop, too, on the Blair Street Viaduct. Then you and, get a little scared. Uh, no, it's kind of exciting. Take to a walk. little look-see. Chris is scared. No, I'm scared. Chris, I'm so You're frightened. scaring me. You'll be all right. You're scared a lot. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much to the fellows. Good to have Rob Trevisan back on the board. Chris Creston, always a pleasure working with you. And thanks so much for all the calls and the emails. It's always a pleasure to uh, do this show every day with you, and we know we don't do it alone. So thanks for being here. Cheers.